Welcome to Near and Far, a podcast service of the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology at DePaul University, Chicago, Illinois, USA. My name is Stan Chu Ilo. I'm a Catholic priest and a research professor at the Center. And today I have the pleasure of introducing to you Sister Joan Muma. Sister Joan is the President and Chief Administrative Officer of Friends in Solidarity with South Sudan. Sister Joan, welcome to our show. Thank you very much, Father Stan, for inviting me to share my experience and the experience of solidarity and Friends in Solidarity with South Sudan. I so appreciate it. Who is Sister John, and I guess um, you've been in this field for quite some time, uh, serving the good Lord. And what roads brought you to this point where you are now one of the most visible advocates for South Sudan in the United States? Well, it's quite interesting about how I got involved with uh, solidarity. But just to let you know, I'm an Immaculate Heart of Mary sister from Monroe, Michigan. And I spent 16 years in Africa, working first of all in Uganda and later in South Africa. And then 18 years in leadership of my religious congregation, which included six years as provincial of our overseas mission province, uh, which helped me to broaden my understanding of both uh, Latin America and Africa. I also did 10 years of development work while I was in South Africa. So when Solidarity with South Sudan was looking for someone to start a not-for-profit in the US, they asked me to consider it. And I had to say that uh, I had some skills to bring to that. Uh, including development work, um, administration, and uh, also my experience in Africa. So while I would have preferred to be on the African continent, I agreed to see what I could do to start a not-for-profit in this country. So uh, I actually uh, had a conversation with them at um, the Leadership Conference of Women Religious Annual Assembly. And the first time I saw them there, I said, no, I can't deal with this because I've got too many other things on my plate. Mm -hmm. But in 2012, uh, when I knew uh, my time of leadership was over, then I, I approached them again to say, I couldn't do the training of teachers and nurses, but I might be able to assist with uh, um, what I call the backdoor um, work of uh, proposals and reports, etc. Wonderful. Um, as an African, I find your life quite remarkable, uh, the work you have done, your love for my continent, and um, uh, we thank God for your life. So you have been a, a, a nun for how many years now? Oh, almost 60. <laughs> and you're still uh, going? Still active, yes. Yeah. And this Africa is... has a very big part of my heart. I mean, uh, you can't spend that amount of time on the continent 
and not be taken with the people and uh, the, uh, the beauty, both of the people and the continent itself. Yeah, this is amazing. And, um, you know, the idea of friendship um, actually takes us to our next uh, point of interest. Um, your organization is called um, the Friends in Solidarity. And um, I'm sure that our listeners would like to know um, what this organization has been able to accomplish and the challenges you face. Well, maybe just to uh, share a bit about Friends in Solidarity, which you really can't understand unless I also share a bit about solidarity. So Friends in Solidarity is the US partner to a group called Solidarity with South Sudan. And uh, originally in the United States, it began as the regional, I began as the regional development director for Solidarity with South Sudan. Uh, it uh, received not-for-profit status in 2016. And so we spent the last six years both raising awareness mm -hmm. of the situation in South Sudan and raising funds to support the work there. Mm -hmm. So our contribution uh, makes up about 20% of the budget of solidarity with South Sudan. Um, in order to understand friends, uh, a little bit about solidarity. Solidarity is an initiative of the international unions of superiors general, both the men and the women. Mm -hmm. In 2006, in response to a plea from the bishops of Southern Sudan, this is prior to independence, who requested that religious would come and build the capacity of South Sudanese as teachers, nurses, midwives, uh, pastor, diocesan pastoral teams. And later on, we also took on the training of farmers because many farmers and rural people had been displaced and lost uh, any sense of what it means to raise um, food mm -hmm. uh, for the country. Uh, that particular initiative now raises over 60 tons of food annually. Mm -hmm. So the model of solidarity, I think, may be a new paradigm for uh, men and women religious working, especially among the poor. Um, the model was taken from uh, 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 an initiative of the... Um, Congress for Religious Life in 2004, which encouraged priests, brothers and sisters to work more collaboratively. So the model is men and women religious, priests, brothers and sisters from con uh, congregations and countries around the world working together uh, with the laity. And the model itself witnesses, I think, to the possibility of people of different cultures working together and living together. Mm -hmm. And that uh, model is not lost on the people of South Sudan who struggle with um, uh, trying to become a nation when there are 60 countries or 60 different ethnic groups mm -hmm. yeah. uh, in the country. So some of the accomplishments of solidarity include the training and certification of over 550 primary school teachers since 2013. Wow. Training of 270 registered nurses and midwives 
since uh, also since 2013. And it's important to know that in 2011, when we began training registered uh, midwives, there were only 15 midwives in the entire country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, uh, the development and formation of diocesan pastoral teams of catechists, small Christian communities, women's empowerment groups, workshops through youth and peace building, those all happen through what's called the Good Shepherd Peace Center, which Solidarity um, recently assumed responsibility for. And it's the only place in the country where you can have conferences and retreats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, also, I think one of the offshoots of it is the formation of, I think, future leaders to appreciate and respect uh, people of cultures other than their own because the campuses, both for the Solidarity Teacher Training College and the Catholic Health Training Institute are multi-ethnic, they're mm -hmm. national. And so that may be the most important contribution of solidarity is uh, allowing and, and fostering um, multi-ethnic relationships and working in together in the country. Yeah, thank you, Sister Joan. Uh, just uh, so um, we can understand you mean that solidarity runs schools. That means you construct the schools, you are in charge of administration, and also you run schools for, nurse, for nurses and mid, midwives. So is that what you do, or you are working with um, agencies and organizations, the government or churches in South Sudan, you providing funds for them to run this, or are you running it directly? No, we're not running schools directly. The only two um, schools training facilities are the Catholic Health Training Institute, which trains nurses and midwives. So the goal is to build the capacity of the people of South Sudan as professional healthcare workers or professional teachers so that they in turn can go out and start the schools and manage the schools. We don't want to get into, we don't get into uh, trying to actually uh, run uh, schools for children, for instance, or clinics or hospitals. Um, it's where our focus is on building the capacity of people to take responsibility for their own um, programs in, their, in the country. And in addition to that, we are sending people for further training uh, to become uh, tutors, in the nursing college and also tutors uh, for teacher training so that eventually um, South Sudanese will manage these facilities. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I think uh, that solidarity is like um, this uh, taking the route of this distinction people make between a hardware and software approach. Uh, hardware, people are building structures, you know, software, people are building capacity of the people, and therefore is very uh, participatory what you're doing. Uh, do you think that uh, um, it's quite a participatory model? Uh, is that, is oh, that, would that be correct? Yes, it's, it's participatory, both on the part of the North and the South. I mean, uh, we are sending people from all over the world who have skills to, to um, transfer that knowledge 
and, and skill building to people on the ground in South Sudan. And uh, the uh, institutions do not belong, once they're developed and we've raised the funds to support them, they belong to the Bishop's Conference. They don't belong to, um, the, uh, to solidarity uh, as such. Yeah, so if I may ask, why uh, why do you, since you are religious, um, why must it belong to um, the Bishop's Conference? Why did you choose that rather than to work with fellow religious uh, who might have a similar charism as uh, this um, uh, amalgamation of uh, religious uh, uh, congregation here in the United States that formed solidarity? Um, part of the issue is there are very few congregations, indigenous congregations in the country. They're very small, they lack capacity, they lack education, mm -hmm. and the request came from the bishops' conference. So when I say they're owned by the bishops, I don't mean specific bishops or local diocese. These are national programs that are uh, eventually, when the bishops uh, and solidarity agree that there's enough capacity on the ground, uh, these will be um, gradually handed over to the Bishop's Conference, but will probably require external financial support for some time because the country itself has, is in economic collapse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's very, uh, that's very true, Sister Joan. And, um, um, I like to just draw your attention. I guess you heard in the news of nuns uh, who were ambushed, uh, sisters of uh, the Sacred Heart. Um, earlier in the year, um, a bishop elect uh, was um, attacked and nearly killed. Um, there has been a lot of uh, incidents of uh, attacks against uh, priests, religious and um, uh, pastoral workers, but also attacks against uh, people uh, all over Sudan. So um, what do you think about this violence and the challenges uh, uh, posed by people like you because of this violence in working uh, effectively in South Sudan? Uh, the challenges are great and uh, our hearts are saddened by the uh, senseless killing of the sisters. Uh, one is a former general superior of the congregation and the other worked with us uh, training teachers or nurses and midwives at the Catholic Health Training Institute in Wow. Both of these sisters were um, closely linked to the work of solidarity. Uh, I think there are many challenges of being in and with the people of South Sudan. Uh, solidarity shares the insecurity with the people. The unsafe roads mean that students and staff need to be flown to places where we minister. Um, the burden of economic collapse um, makes the cost of supporting such projects much greater. Mm -hmm. Students are not able to contribute to the costs of their programs, which include accommodations and food. And for indigenous religious, like the Sisters of the Sacred Heart, um, just finding resources for living and for healthcare is a major challenge. Mm -hmm. 
And part of it also is linked to the lack of an educated population. Only 28% of the men are literate and 14% of women. So the challenge of finding educated staff or even educating religious mm -hmm. uh, is, is um, to become teachers and healthcare professionals is a, a major challenge. Mm -hmm. We're, as I said, sending people for further training to Kenya and Uganda and also online courses, hoping mm -hmm. to build the capacity, whether it be religious or, or the lay people in South Sudan. Thank you very much, Sister Joan. Um, I think this is a very important work um, in South Sudan. It's a very um, troubled spot has been for quite a long time, even before um, we had the referendum that led to the creation of South Sudan. And that takes us to a very fundamental question, uh, really, that not only is central to looking at a vital church in Africa, a church that gives life, but also vital societies in Africa, societies that um, bring about through daily actions of people uh, abundant life, cosmic and human flourishing. And we have this violence. So many people are traumatized. Uh, so many people are suffering as you have seen. You see the suffering now in South Africa following the crisis. It seems that the continent of Africa is challenged by this somehow semi-permanent conflict uh, conflictual situation. Now, you know, you talked about in the conference that we had about this group, but um, we're looking at how the church can be a healer. And what, what do you think uh, can be done to heal South Sudan of this cycle of violence? And is that part of the agenda of uh, your group? Or do you think your agenda could be expanded to include also training people for healing, reconciliation, like you're already talking about this, uh, mentoring people, building capacity, but there's so much of trauma. What do you, what do you suggest, uh, uh, Sister Joan? I agree with you. I think everyone is traumatized in South Sudan, whether they be uh, the local people, the government officials, those who have been in the military, even the church, uh, the leaders of, uh, of the church, whether it's uh, clergy or bishops, everyone is traumatized. And um, so there's a need for everyone to be healed and solidarity has since uh, at least 2013, when I first went there, um, had programs of training people for trauma healing. Mm -hmm. That's a very important uh, ministry of the pastoral team. Mm -hmm. And uh, many lay people have been trained in trauma healing. And uh, there are teams continuing to train people. You know, the church um, has, because it has access to very remote areas, is the, the one institution in the country which could do most for healing uh, and training people for peacemaking. And the 
Fortunately, in South Sudan, there is a group called the South Sudan Council of Churches, which was active even before um, independence. Actually, at the time of the Comprehensive Peace Agreement in 2005, as an interfaith organization, uh, most effective, I think, in bringing groups in the country into peacemaking, whether they're able to influence the government or to assist faith leaders in developing programs for peace building in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, that group, um, first of all, witnesses to the fact that different religious groups, whether they're Muslim, Jewish, Christian, can work together for peace in the country. And you know, Pope Francis has taken a great interest in trying to broker peace with the leaders, mm -hmm. uh, along with the Anglican Archbishop and the head of the Church of Scotland, the three largest denominations in the country. The Pope, a few um, couple of years ago, invited the leaders of South Sudan to come to Rome for a time of reflection at the end of which he knelt and kissed the feet of the leaders. This was a shocking um, display of peacemaking and prayer. And of course he plans to enter to uh, visit the country when it's possible in the future. Now there's a group in Rome called the Sant'Egidio community that continues the efforts of the church to bring reconciliation among various groups. Um, I think they have been quite effective in getting some of the dissonant groups to sign a, uh, an agreement with the government of national unity. But I think the church can do more in South Sudan itself to broker peace. Um, we have the former Bishop uh, of uh, Torit, uh, Bishop Paridi Taban, who's brokering peace all over the country at the local level. And I think our, our leaders could do more um, with that. Yeah, thank you, Sister Joan. Um, we just have um, three minutes to the end of our, our discussion. So um, I will ask uh, two questions and um, you know, if you can answer those two questions in um, two minutes, that'd be great. One is <laughs> what lessons are you bringing to your fellow religious in the Conference of Female Religious here in the US about working in difficult places like this? And what is your message on global solidarity in this time of pandemic where people like in South Sudan are not getting access to vaccine and um, personal uh, protective equipment, the basic things they need to fight uh, this disease? Those are big questions. But I would say one thing about um, working in conflict zones with the poor is that the most important thing is about building relationships with the people. I know this from both from my experience in South Sudan, but also from Uganda, where I was uh, working at during the time of Idi Amin. So include the local people in planning and implementation of programs so that they can assume responsibility when you're no longer there. Mm -hmm. And cast your lot with the people because they're the ones who will stand by you in time of need. Mm -hmm. And as far as uh, in terms of a message of 
of hope uh, in terms of global solidarity, my hope lies with all the people trying to make a difference for the poor in our world, including local groups in places like South Sudan. Here in this country, there's a group called CatholicCares.org, which is working for vaccine equity, not only in the US, but beyond. Over 50 groups have endorsed that initiative. Mm -hmm. So we're working together to make sure that vaccines get to the poorest of the poor. We need assistance to build healthcare infrastructure. A place like South Sudan can get the, the vaccines, but then they have no ability to uh, get shots into arms, as they say. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's also uh, an, in an initiative that needs to happen. And I think we need to continue to put the message out in, in our country and in developed countries that there is a world out there beyond us. And until everyone is vaccinated, we are all at risk. Groups like Jubilee are working with the World Trade Organization to lift patents. And then of course, uh, multi-ethnic programs such as those run by Solidarity, which helps people to know one another, uh, people from different tribes, different groups. So all of those are signs of hope that uh, we can uh, build a better world, uh, but we need to reach out and share our resources, our knowledge, and not expect people to do it our way. Thank you very much, uh, Sister Joan. Um, it's a very fascinating, uh, compelling message, and you speak from the heart. You're so credible because you are not speaking just simply from a from some kind of uh, uh, abstract um hallowed place somewhere out there you had your boots on the ground you were immersed in the very reality of the people in the chaos of their lives you brought the light of christ so we thank you we thank the organization that you lead and ask the good lord to continue to strengthen the works of your hand so thank you, Sister Joan, for giving us your time and um, for giving God and Africa and the world the gift of your talent and your good heart. And thank you, Father Stan, for uh, allowing me to share my experience. Experience makes the difference. And thank you very much, our listeners, for being part of this uh, episode, uh, being in conversation with Sister Joan Muma of the Friends of uh, Solidarity uh, for South Sudan here in the United States. And uh, we'll see you again in our next episode. Thank you. Near and Far is produced by the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology a research institute focused on Catholicism around the world with special attention to the church in the global south. The center is sponsored by DePaul University, a Catholic university in the Vincentian tradition in Chicago. Production assistance for Near and Far comes from Marlon Aguilar, Finnegan Chu, and Karen Kraft. For more information on the center and its activities, 
Look for the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology on the web, Facebook, Twitter, Vimeo, and YouTube.